0: Our first guest this morning is Tina Case, and I'm going to ask Tina to come up, and um, so you might remember, there you go, Um, perhaps you remember that we prayed um, quite extensively for Tina's husband, Don this uh, past year who was battling COVID and a number of uh, other more serious uh, illnesses. And, um, and Tina, the Lord took Don home.
1: Um, yes, he did in September, uh, September 20th of this year.
0: And that was... A challenge, obviously. The, um, the the battle with the sickness, the hospitalization. Um, I was able to meet with you at the hospital and we, we kind of, you know, connected there. Just, if you could, just kind of walk us through what, what that was like for you and the family.
1: Um, my husband had been sick for several years. Um, some of, we didn't share his health, because he was a very private man, um, but many years, and there was some every time he went in the hospital, there was a few here from the congregation that would always come and um, help out with the kids. Um, They were, besides Brittany, my stepdaughter, and her husband, amazing husband, my son-in-law, just taking time off of work and everything always willing to drop whatever he had and just willing to either drive the kids where they had to. Um, Just God's provision in that way. Um, The beginning, just God orchestrating everything um, from me teaching online, being a stay-at-home teaching online. Uh, Don would just sit at his chair and just watch me teach online. I'm a teacher. um, And just watching teaching little kindergartners and so that was a blessing that I was able to stay home and have that time with him. I didn't know the Lord was going to take him um, at 64. So Ray Bentley passed away at 64, and I just turned to my daughter. Wow, that's the same as daddy. And um, you never know. Um, Don was actually, many didn't know, he'd walk around with his staff coming to church Every Sunday, um, there was a few that he missed. And um, he was devoted to the Lord and serving him in the best way, praising him in every other way, praying for the family, praying for anybody that would ask him. Um, but he refused to be in a wheelchair, come in a wheelchair or his walker. Um, that was just the type of man he was. Um, but he struggled um, he was kind of homebound for this past year, didn't go anywhere except for church or his doctor's appointments. And it wasn't a type of life that you want to see, um, your kids seen that also, he struggled with other stuff, um, that I'm not going to share right now, but he had a lot of health issues. Um, but the Lord is faithful. In, all, in everything, even in our struggles, he is so faithful. He will put people in your, in your path that will come alongside of you without you realizing it. Um, but he took my husband at the hospital. I can't even imagine not having a church or the body of Christ around you going through a difficult time. Um, my mother had passed away in August, 28 days in the hospital. And I had to go back to work, um, getting the classroom ready. And then COVID hit the entire family in September. So I was blessed that there was 10 days extra that I could take off. Um, And the first thing that happened was my, actually, my, I was, actually blessed by my um the staff at my school without me asking one of my teachers set up um, the meal plan for my family while we were going through covid i was really sick Um, and they set it up for about two weeks the church found out um, angelina serves in the junior high ministry Uh, she's actually a senior this year um and they actually came and did whatever they could. My husband, I got better. It was two days before um, I was able to go visit him in the hospital, we had to call 911 because he fell. And when he fell, I was upset. But now I look back and I said, if he hadn't fallen, he wouldn't have gone to the hospital. Um, his fall caused us to call 911 because my son, who's 16, and I, we couldn't help him get up, um, and he didn't have the strength to get up, and um, we had no other choice to call 911. The hospital that they sent him was the wrong hospital. Um, it was not state-of-the-art hospital, and I was mad, and I tried to get it, him transferred But no one would take him because he was positive for COVID. Um, So there was mistakes that were done. But in the end, because I've struggled, um, and in the end, God gave me peace and said, you know, if I wouldn't have sent him to that hospital, you guys wouldn't have been able to be authorized to see him. The kids got to see him one or two times. I got to see him three times, to- actually four times um, while he was in the hospital. And that in itself during that time was a miracle, being authorized to see him. The junior high leaders came without even asking and they prayed right outside his window. It was a one-story hospital and um, there was a bar where the, um, the closest that you can get and the amazing thing is, his window was right there, and I've got the nurses to put the speaker on um, and turn on his phone, and they were able to listen to the junior high team play worship music outside his window. Pastor Brian, he, he didn't know this, and then Pastor Brian, um, I think the church called me, and he said, "Well, what do I? What does someone need to go pray for your husband?" And I go, well, I have to get tested every three days to prove that I'm negative because I don't have the vaccine. And he goes, oh, I have the card. Why don't I just go? And he had to wait. Um, I thought it was just going to be an easy thing. I've never had to wait. But they were doing something, some procedure on my husband. And he waited, and he had to be on Pastor's Perspective at three. And it was cutting it close, and I just go... I said, it was okay. And he goes, no, I'll just wait a little bit longer. And he waited, and he went and prayed for my husband. I have never had anybody be actually, um, uh, Scott Cunningham um, knew about it four years ago, which, you know, my husband was in ICU, very critical, and he came and he prayed for my husband, but nobody knew about that. Um, But just the blessing to have the body of Christ um, without us asking, you know, and um, helping us out. Um, There's so many that helped out the high school ministry. I I don't want to forget anybody, but there's so many, so many pastors, Pastor Julian, Monica, Tammy. And then I got to meet Cheryl at the last retreat, which was... (laughs) I got to talk to her. I've never really had a chance to talk to her and just God ordaining everything. So it's been amazing. Wow. Yeah.
0: And the Lord has comforted you and the kids and given you, I think, I mean, from everything I can see, God's given you peace and his hands on you
1: but I cannot deny that I've struggled because I cannot say that I haven't. Um, I'm actually... And this is like, I think January was a turning point for me. Um, But I've been going through grief counseling through journeys that they got me plugged in. Um, So... Pastor Josh was the one who set that up, and he said, well, Calvary's not going to have theirs until January or February. And I go, I can't wait that long because in the past I've had losses, and I just am an energized bunny, keep going, 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 and then you don't grieve. So I've lost family members, and I've never grieved for them and my dad too, and so my mom, it was like, go, 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 28 days, school's coming, I have to keep going, then my husband, and I go, I need to do it now. So, you know, I've had some bad days, so it's part of the process, but God's peace is amazing. I don't know who can walk this life without Jesus. Um, It's just, he's my strength, In everything I do, Um, I can't believe the blessings he, during this whole time, everything he's doing in our lives, so, yeah. yeah.
0: And it's perfectly normal, and human, and fine, Mm -hmm. and Christian to struggle, (laughs) and the Lord's faithful, and he, he carries us through those things, so Father, we thank you for Tina for her family, her children. We pray your blessing upon them in the days ahead. And Lord, as you've um, comforted them and strengthened and encouraged them thus far, we have total confidence that you will continue to do that. So thank you that she was able and willing to come and share this morning and be there now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, You know, I think the the reason why I think this type of thing, like we're doing today, is so important is you know sometimes we we just forget. Um, you know, we can come and we can hear sermons and all of that's wonderful, and but sometimes it's really good to be able to just hear somebody's story about what God is doing in the moment in their lives because that is just a reminder to all of us of what God does. And so, uh, Pastor Craig's going to come up now and, um, we have another family that we're going to talk to. And so come on up, Craig.
2: Good morning. So this is Jeff and Phoebe and, uh, just going to hear a little bit of their story. And, um, so Jeff and Phoebe, um, just kind of share just a little bit about kind of your story of coming to Calvary um, and your family coming. Good
3: morning. Good morning. Uh,
4: the thing that brought us here was it was uh, because of COVID, actually, because our the church I was going to for about ten years they they didn't have services during that, and then they shut down, Then, then uh, I started listening to, like, K-Wave every day after I got baptized mm-hmm. at that church, and then I just, I've lived, I grew up close by in Fountain Valley here, okay. and I've always known about this place, so it was, like, just every time I listened, it, like, touched me, and, it, like, it, it always ministered to me, like, whatever was on, it was, like, what I needed to hear, so I said, okay, that, this is the church I need to go to, and then my wife, she kept uh, telling me that oh, I need to, like, lead the family and church and stuff. And when I was going to the other church, like, I never felt like it was home. Like, I, I wasn't, like, growing there. I would, like, show up late and sit in the back. and.
2: Mm-hmm. No, no shame to anybody sitting in the back. <laughs> yeah.
4: That's good. Uh, that's, we, that's when you're tired, you sit in the back. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and awesome. then, uh, then uh, so they... Opened here um, was it May or something in 2020, and I was like, "Okay, we have to we have to go here." And then I started coming here, and I just started getting into everything and having fellowship with people, and started to join uh, the uh, the children's ministry. So I teach the uh, kindergarten class. Now we do four-year-olds and five-year-olds, and I've uh, been teaching there for about a year now.
2: That's great. Phoebe, what's been your experience in
4: being here and
2: having your family here?
3: Um, we are very thankful and grateful that this is our home church now. And uh, with the fellowship, with the, all the pastors, and especially Pastor Greg for uh, husband's fellowship and supporting our family our marriage, and uh, it has been changed completely, different directions. You know, we, uh, our Sundays become our routine, like, you know, dedication to God. So we're here every Sunday. We schedule our trips and everything is around Sunday. And uh, Jeff is very excited to prepare lesson plans every night. Uh, every Saturday night for, for, for Sunday school, kids' church, and that has changed so much. Um, we do, you know, I, I ask my, it, it's so much overwhelming to, to share, <laughs> but um, because of husband's fellowship, Jeff has become more righteous, so much become righteous man, follow Jesus' steps. So we're very grateful, very thankful.
2: So we, um, one of the things that uh, we have here at the church is a husband's discipleship group. Um, We do a 15-week kind of discipleship and encouraging the husbands to love their wives like Christ at the church on a Monday night. Um, It's also somewhat connected to the men's ministry on Tuesday as well. So um, that's where Jeff has been coming as well. That's been another part of being a part of the church here. So it's been super uh, exciting to be a part of that. So how has your family just experienced, I mean, because you have three children Two boys and a girl. Um, How old are they?
4: Eight, five, and four. And what are their names? Uh, Jeffrey Jr., Nicole, and Justin. Awesome.
2: So what's, as a family, um, what's been their experience uh, as you guys have just, you know, been walking in the church here for the last couple of years?
4: Well, they they see me change. My oldest one has seen me uh, go through recovery because I was uh, an addict and Mm -hmm. alcoholic. So he's been witnessing that, and wow. they they know now that Sunday is like, okay, that's church day. Like, we don't plan anything else. Like, they, uh, they know they have to come to Sunday school, and mm-hmm. they, they just see us being better parents, because uh, that's one thing, though, I need to, I was reflecting on what I was going to say, but I need to, I've been learning how to be a better husband, but now I need to learn how to be a better father for them, so... If you can uh, pray for me on that. That would be great. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome, Phoebe.
3: So, um, the, the we uh, the kids they are reminding us too. You know, oh, we need to pray before we eat every every day. Also, you know, so um, it it grown. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit works powerfully through our life, our day daily. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and uh, we would love li- love to serve. Mm-hmm. And I I've learned a lot through all the fellowships and all the pastors here and all the sisters and brothers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I I would I would like to be a part of the ministry. You know, mm-hmm. to evangelize or discipleship. It's it's amazing. So, Praise what's your Lord.
2: hope for 2022? this year for you and your family as you guys kind of step into this new year. What are you guys looking forward to? I
4: have no idea. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Like the rest of us, right? Hopefully all this COVID stuff goes away, right? (laughs) Yeah. I would like to uh, recommend, though, all the the husbands out there Mm. to join the husbands group. Awesome. Because, I mean, I really feel the Holy Spirit there. Mm. Even though, like, we have a book that we we go through. Mm. Um, sometimes we don't even talk about the book. We just, you know, people open up, and then we can just minister to each other. Mm-hmm. And even if you think you're like in a good marriage and a good husband, you can just be a good example for someone that that needs to hear what you have to say.
2: Awesome, it's a great great fellowship. Um, we're so grateful for both of you, Jeff and Phoebe, and your family being a part. Um, and we'd love to pray for you if we could um, for this new year. If you guys would join me and just kind of lift up your hands for them, and let's pray for them. Uh, Father, we thank you so much for Jeff and Phoebe and their three beautiful children, and we ask your anointing upon them this year. And Lord, as we pray for them, we think of each one of us in this congregation, that you, Lord, would do great and mighty things in 2022. Lord, continue to deepen our faith, help us to grow in the knowledge of who Jesus is, and to be living it out, to be living epistles this year. And Lord, as we Jump into the gospel of John. We pray that you just cause great fruit for your glory and your purpose through Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa and families like uh, Phoebe and Jeff and their children and everyone in this congregation. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Thank Thank you. Thank
0: you, guys. That was great. All right, that was sweet. So I'm going to ask uh, the Rodriguez to come up, and um, we have another story. And these guys, um, we, we kind of met. Um, a while back at a at a dinner that we were invited to hi Victoria hi Bobby Hello. and um, here's your microphones and um, so they they both have uh, amazing stories uh, Bobby's story kind of you know um, coming to Christ, and then after they came to Christ you know, really began walking with the Lord. This, this past year, Victoria went through a pretty serious health crisis. Um, so we want to talk a little bit about both of those things. But, Bobby, you know, remember we, you know, of course, met at Jill's house, and, you know, we were having dinner together, and you just started sort of randomly telling me your story, and it, it just about knocked me over because it was such a, an amazing testimony of, of how God just really brought you um, to himself uh, out of a dark situation. And, I, I, I mean, it's a great story, and obviously there's a lot of detail, so I'm not going to ask you to walk us through yeah. <laughs> step by step. But, you know, if you could just kind of give the abbreviated version of what happened with you and, and then with Victoria and how that kind of just flipped the whole family in a, in a new direction. Okay. Hello, everybody.
5: Um, yeah, so my story is pretty interesting. Uh, Yes, it is quite interesting. There's a lot of bits and pieces, but to sum it up, um, as a little kid I grew up going to Calvary Chapel uh, under Raul Reese with my mother. Um, And it was more of like she would drag us to church every day, Mm -hmm. or every Sunday. Uh, We would go and go to church and go to church. And I learned a lot. Uh, I learned who God was, who Jesus was, what he called us to be individually as a family. And when I was young, it was a lot easier to, um, I guess you'd call it, like, play along. You know, Mm -hmm. I love Jesus, everything's great. And as I got older, I would say high school, um, in the later years, I felt like, The enemy got a strong grip on me Uh, with the partying, drugs, alcohol, women, all of it. And at that point is where me, I felt like I clashed a lot with my mother, Um, where she'd be upset because she's like, let's go to church. You know, you could do everything else. Let's go to church. And it got to a point where like I just, it was just fighting. I didn't want to go. I felt bad. I knew I should have been there and I should have been really committed at the time, but my heart wasn't there because I felt like, to be honest, I loved the world too much. Mm. I loved what I was doing Saturday night. And I did not like being in church Sunday um, because I felt convicted of everything I was doing and everything I liked was wrong. And that was really hard for me. Um, So, you know, when I became the age where... 18, as an adult, I kind of just checked out because I had the choice to go, and I had a job. Um, I played baseball in college, so I had plenty of excuses to get, ways to get out of it. You know, I work today, or I have this, and I have that, and um, it was tough. And what I thought fulfilled me and brought me happiness, it did for a couple years, Um I mean I dove pretty hard into some to some bad things and and it was hard because I was I was really alone. Um I really didn't have anyone to kinda talk to it about because a lot of my family, you know, they were walking with Christ, like my grandmother and my mom and you know, I had an uncle and so I just really kept it all in and it it brought on a lot of um anxieties and depression Mm -hmm. over the years. Um, And a fast forward, you know, 20 years to, it got to a point where I just hit rock bottom. Um, I'm a very, I have to have control on my life. Um, So I was very, try to control every situation, try to control all I had, try to control my emotions and try to control my happiness through, you know, alcohol and all sorts of other stuff that was just really bad. And it just, it really ate up on me. And um, my grandma would pray, pray for me and, and my wife all the time. And, you, you know, you need to go to church. My mom's like, what church are you going in? I was like, that's, that's, that's you, that's not us. Um, and I felt very strong in that. You know, like we, don't, we didn't need that. Um, I felt that I was very driven and I was like, I was a, self, a self-made man. I'm a man. I don't, I don't need a crutch. I don't need help. I don't need assistance. I, I've gone where I've gone all, all by myself. You know, thanks for your prayers, but I don't need them. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> it, was, it was tough and it was, it was scary. And I didn't realize how alone and how dark it was until about, I think it was like almost a year and a half, two years now. Where I just hit rock bottom to where I realized, um, you know, I started my own business. It was pretty successful. It was successful to the part where you know I didn't have to check into office every day. I was, I was pretty free. I could do as I will, do what I wanted, and I still wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. You know, I have two beautiful kids, and they—they truly are for us. They're great. I enjoy them. I love them. And although I felt like I created this circle, I still wasn't happy. And, you know, I had a beautiful wife. She was very lenient, pretty much let me do whatever I wanted to do. Um, Kind of like you think like every man's dream, right? Like, hey, we're gonna go fishing this weekend. Like, okay, have fun. Hey, we're gonna go with the boys and we're gonna go up north and, you know, get happy and okay. You know, and then I thought like, one day I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I have everything I could have ever dreamed of. Everything I wanted, I had. You know, I had the, um, we have a little fishing boat, our camping trailer. And it's not like big, extravagant stuff, but it's everything I could have asked for. And I was empty. It was dark. Um, there was a few times where I would break down to Victoria. And it was hard to tell her because it's like kind of, the, it's not you, it's me. And I was like, she's not going to buy it. And she'd just be like, what's wrong? Like, we go places, you just seem down and out. And it was hard for me to admit that I was depressed. And we, we we talked in, like, December a few years ago. And, you know, it's the holidays. And it's like, everyone's happy. And I have everything I could have ever dreamed of. And I just feel so alone and dark inside. And I couldn't explain what it was. But it was such an ugly feeling. And um, we talked it out. I mean, it got emotional. I was crying. And. I felt like I let it all out. Like, that's all I needed. I just needed to talk about it. And we're good. And we got through the holidays. Then, like, January, February, March came around. And it was beautiful outside. The sun was out. And I was just back in the same rut. Unhappy. Um, I would run, you know, to my substance abuse and to get me happy. And although it kind of numbed me for a while, just came back even harder. Um, And I knew at that point... Something something had to change um, because, I mean, I wouldn't say I was suicidal, but I didn't want to live anymore. Then mm-hmm. I remember crying out to God. I don't feel like I completely severed our relationship, mm-hmm. you know. I would call out to him when I really needed him, but I was more of like, if this is the life that I'm going to live, I don't want it. I want out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be here anymore because uh, I, I knew I couldn't I couldn't do what I felt like as a man had to do. I couldn't take care of my children the way they needed to. I wasn't there for my wife the way she needed me to be. And I was just in a very broken place. Um, And I remember one day, pulled up my phone, you know, scrolling through it, and then I saw a video. And I was like, hey, I know this guy. Um, It was Mike Harris. Um, I was like, I always see him out there surfing and stuff, and you know, he's, let's see what he has to say, what he was talking about. And it was him, he was preaching. And it really spoke to me. It was, he was speaking about the Sea of Galilee and his interpretation of it. And usually I would just shut that out real quick. But at that time, I was just like, I just need to listen to this. And he was speaking about how from shore, if you were to see the boat and Jesus and his disciples, you would see the storm and it would look cool. And He's like, but not until you were in that boat with him would you be in the storm. And it was I felt like it was his call to like jump in the boat, jump in the boat with Jesus, and you know, let's get going. And at that point I had nowhere else to turn. I felt like I've done everything. You know, I did it all. Like I really did. I did it all. And it really never gave me true happiness or fulfillment. And at that that moment I got down on my knees in my backyard I just remember it was super warm it was beautiful Victoria was out grocery shopping and I was just like God if you're real if you are who you say you are like I'm I'm here like let's let's go let's see and I felt that was that was going to be my last straw because I felt like I wasn't going to feel nothing and who knows what I was done I you know I wanted to check out I'm like Let's, let's see if what my mom is saying. My grandma's praying over me. Let's see what you got. And I'm not lying. Like, instantly I felt this, like, strange, like, warmth. And I felt like somebody was sitting there hugging me. Mm-hmm. And my depression, my anxieties, all my doubts, I felt like were just lifted from me. Wow. And I knew it was me because, I mean, in my heart I didn't believe it. I didn't believe. I was just like, let's let's see let's see if this works, right? <laughs> and um, yeah, it was it was kind of lifted and it was gone. And uh, my phone was ringing, and I was like, I'm not I'm not gonna answer my phone. I'm not gonna answer my phone. And I was just kind of like taking it all in. And I remember I was thinking. Um, I had that mentality, like, I know what I have to do, but I don't have the strength to do it. So then my phone went off, it was a voicemail, and I picked it up. And um, I don't know if you guys know about the Apple phone, sometimes they'll like translate the voicemail for you so you don't have to read it. And what it was saying on there, it said, um, I love you, call me, I love you, call me. And I got goosebumps because at the end of that video I was watching on YouTube with Mike Harris, he was saying, God's calling you. He loves you. And I just lost it. I just threw my phone on the ground and then I, it started playing the message and it wasn't even in English. Um, I couldn't tell you what it was. I, you know, I don't know if it was Chinese or, but it was just those, those like spam calls you get. <laughs> and it was going off, but it was translating, I love you. Call me, I love you and I couldn't hold it in. I was just crying and crying, and it was wild, and then Victoria came home (laughs) with her groceries, and she just dropped her groceries on the floor. She's like, what's wrong, and I was like, oh, like I can't, I couldn't talk. I was trying to like, I have so much to tell you, and she's like, what's wrong, and then I started like, okay, relax, Bob. You got to And then the first thing I remember telling her was like, everything's okay. Everything, you know, no one's passed. Everything's okay. She's like, what's wrong? And then we sat down and we had a talk. And um, I was like, this is what happened. This is how I feel in my heart. Um, I'm done. I'm done with my past. I'm done with who I was. I'm done with, you know, I guess my mindset. And she was kind of, like, freaking out because, you know, we, we were living who we were. And she was pretty happy because she wasn't like me as far as, like, the, abuse, the abusive substances and stuff went. So she's like, we're good. Like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going in. and um, And, again, in my heart, I felt like I knew what I had to do, but I didn't know if I had the strength to do it. And a day or two went by, and I got into that. I feel good now. Again, that's all I needed, you know. And I kind of went back to my old ways um, on, like, day two. And um, as soon as I did, it was instant darkness, mm-hmm. instant depression, shame. It all came back, but it, I felt like it came back harder because I went from having the peace of God with me when I confessed to going like, okay, I know, but I'm going, I'm going back to who I was, because now I feel better. And it just instantly came back. And um, I thought about it for a while, and like, what am I going to do? The next morning, I woke up, and I'm just like, I'm all in. I had, I mean, I had a weird dream, and there was a lot of stuff that went on that night, and I knew what I had to do. I felt like the enemy was attacking me. He was trying to use my biggest weakness, which was fear. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to scare me out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, how are you going to live without this? How are you going to live without that? You love this. This is who you are. Mm-hmm. And when you rip that away, you're going to be empty. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a nobody. You're not going to be happy. And, and at, at, at a moment, I knew that it was all a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next morning, I woke up, and I had a black trash bag, and I started purging all the stuff that we had. I mean, it was all my stuff that I had laying around. And I'm just like, in the trash. <laughs> yeah, it was like, in the, like in the trash. Like, I don't need you anymore. In the trash. Like, I'm throwing all this away. And it was hard. And I let it go. And at that moment, I knew. I'm like, I'm in 100%. Um, I couldn't deny what I felt and what I went through, where I was before. And it was just like everything my mom... My grandmother yeah. would pray for me and spoke about. Yeah. I truly felt it for the first time. Yeah, yeah, and right. it was it was wild. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, yeah. isn't that amazing? Yeah. Um, the the thing is, you know this this story has been told a billion times over. You know, and people always say, "Well, there's no proof there's a God." And I like to just point to people like Bobby and say, well, I think that's a lot of proof right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's a God <laughs> because this guy's life has been yeah. transformed, been changed completely. Yeah. And Victoria, as I remember, you, you weren't totally like, I'm going to jump on board
5: yeah, I was with like, you. I'm going to start church every Sunday starting tomorrow. I'm taking the kids because I felt like, I didn't want that conflict with her. Yeah. Because, I mean, we talked a lot about it before, why we chose to live the life we lived, And, again, now that I see the way I see, I felt like it was just a lie, that we were lying to ourselves, and we were being told lies by the enemy. Yeah. But it was like, the church doesn't love you. They just want to put you down. You know, they're yeah. always pointing the finger, but they don't do what they're told. Mm-hmm. You know, what they don't practice what they're preaching. Yeah. But they're always to tell you. Yeah. So it was just like, now I'm jumping in that boat, right? <laughs> like, I'm going to church, and I'm all in. And, and I felt in my heart, like, that she might be, like, kind of held back, like, well, are you going to judge me? Are you, you know, I didn't, I didn't agree on this, and being that we we're married. Um, but I felt in my heart, God, one of the first things I felt that he led me to is, like, you go, and you lead by example, and yeah. she's going to be right there by you. Yeah. And we started watching Sure, when you guys were online because of COVID. Yeah. Oh,
6: wait, so let me yeah, yeah. back up. So Bobby found you online, and I was still a little resistant. So I was washing dishes, but had a big ear listening yeah. to <laughs> your message. And after worship, at the end of that service, I walked in and... I asked Bobby, how did you like How did you like him? And he's, he's like, I really liked him. And I said, I did too. I really did too. So we started watching online and then we came and it was the outside service because of COVID. And I remember telling Bobby, I don't want to be like those crazy Christians. And like, I want to sit in the back and I don't want, I just want to come and go and like, let's do our thing. And now we're those crazy Christians. We're, we're coming, sitting in the front and... Um so we, we joined a, a home group, and that was one of the best things that we could yeah. do.
0: And and so, but then just, you know, months ago, right? Eight months ago, or nine months ago, maybe, or something like that. All of a sudden, everything's great. You guys are going along. You're growing. You're in fellowship. You're in a community group. All of this great stuff's happening. And then you have this this weird physical situation that develops with you that initially seemed like, okay, we'll just get this sorted out, take some antibiotics, and I'll be fine. But it stretched out into this real, real issue. Can we just touch on that real quick?
6: So around, yeah, I think it was like eight months. I just started experiencing some health issues as I was trying to eat food. I don't know if there's like a feedback. Um, So I was... (laughs) um, Okay, so um, it was, come to find out, it's a very rare... Um, sickness or illness that I was misdiagnosed with. And I went through a period of time for weeks where I was unable to keep food down. I was unable to keep water down. I was losing weight every day. And um, I was trusting the doctors through the process and, and praying, of course, really praying. And as each week passed, I was just getting weaker and weaker. And there was some treatment that I was going through, but the treatment wasn't working. And it led to hospitalization, a 10-day hospitalization at Hoag. And even my first five days at the hospital, there was no progress. I was still unable to hold down food and hold down water. And uh, after 10 days, I walked out with some solution, but it really wasn't diagnosed. And I was just diagnosed, I think, December 28th with what I really have. And I'll, I'll be having surgery um, on the twenty first, so prayers for that. But um, through that, it was it was the hardest time that I've ever experienced, both uh, spiritually, emotionally, physically. Uh, I have two small children, as Bobby mentioned, and seeing the fear in their eyes, seeing their mom did like, I mean, it, It was it was a very dark time for me. And I remember thinking through this process, is this what being a Christian is? Because we are new Christians. And I said, man, God, you didn't wait. You just brought it on. And uh, But honestly, I was so glad that I was a Christian going through this because there was those moments that were deep and dark. But through the Lord and praying and really holding on to my faith, I had moments of supernatural peace. And I felt Him. And I felt the prayers from the church. I saw the love from the church of bringing us food when we're the type of people we like to give. We don't like to take things from people. And it was a humbling moment. It was a beautiful moment. And um, I'm so glad that I'm walking through the Lord through this process because if it wasn't for him, I don't know how I would be able to get up every day without eating, with no energy, and it was truly him. I had to tap into that strength.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and there was um, I know, you know, just from mine and Cheryl's, you know, prayers for you and we we knew so many people that were yes. praying for you and just oh gosh Lord, how could how could this be? So thankfully they actually did finally yeah. pinpoint it, huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, finally,
6: gonna... it's a very rare it's like one in a hundred thousand oh. people have of course Gee, of course. Yes, of course. <laughs> so um...
5: Even like her way to finding that doctor, we felt like God led us yeah. many paths mm. of not giving up and yeah. just leaning on Him.
0: Great. Well, let's pray because I want to pray yes, specifically yeah. for the 21st for yeah. that. Yeah. But um, and thank you guys for for yeah. being able to you know come up and share with us today so just
6: real quick I want to thank there's a lot of people from our home group here and I just want to thank you guys so much for your prayers and support and Brian and Cheryl for praying for us so faithfully thank you guys so much for being a family to support us yeah
0: Yeah. amen so father thank you for the story um Bobby and Victoria and lord it's not over yet there's uh great things to come so we just commit them to you and specifically for this uh, procedure on the 21st. We pray, God, that you would bless um, this whole uh, operation and that you would give tremendous uh, skill and wisdom to the doctors and uh, mostly, Lord, that you would bring healing totally to Victoria's body. So we commit them to you. Uh, Thank you for all you've done and all that you'll do in the days ahead. Bless them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Uh, all right. Well, you know, one of the things that um, I think is, is clearly being communicated in, in each one of the stories is the importance of the the body, the importance of being connected to the people of God, being in the... The the community, you know, we use that term community. Another uh, word that's similar to it is communion and fellowship. These, these words are all basically connected. Uh, in the New Testament, they come from one Greek uh, word, koinonia, but it means all of those different things. And it just, as we hear these stories, it reminds us of how important it is that we are actually um, connected to one another, that we are uh, not just observers of a community, but we're participators in it. And so I hope you're encouraged along those lines. And another thing I wanted to mention was, you know, this past year, I've read this, there was some research done, you know, some surveys taken and so forth, and I read this statistic a number of times, but it stood out to me. And, and this is what was found in these surveys, that um, I think 80% of the people surveyed said, these are non-Christians, 80% of the non-Christian surveyed said this, that they would come to a Christian event, a church service, a home group, an outreach, or whatever it might be, that they would come if they were invited. But the majority of them said that they had never been invited. And so I want to just say to us, let's invite people to see what the Lord is doing, to hear the stories. Because the stories that we just heard this morning, these are are so common, right? This is just life. This is what everybody goes to and, or goes through and the, the answer to all of these things is a relationship with Jesus. And so as we take our journey through the gospel of John, we'll talk about this next week, of course, but John says that he wrote his gospel specifically so that people might believe that Jesus is the Messiah and that by believing they might have life in his name. And so life in his name, that's what we're going to be talking about in the, the months that are ahead of us. So I just want to throw that out to you to um, just be praying, praying for your neighbors, praying for people you work with. And, and you never know. I think a lot of times we just assume like, oh, no, they won't want to do it. They, oh, they, they think I'm crazy if I invite them to church or something. But you never know. Just throw, throw out the line. And and keep throwing it out there, and and just see what the Lord will do that, with that. So one final thing that we're going to do this morning before we finish up, is um, we have a send off today, a prayer send off for one of our uh, pastors and one of our dear friends, George Scanlon. And so George is going to come out right now, and him and I are just going to chat for just a second. Um, You guys know George. uh, You've seen him. He's been up here. He's prayed. He's done announcements. uh, He's been involved in so many different uh, aspects of the ministry in his almost 10 years of of being here uh, on the staff as an assistant pastor, uh, men's ministry. uh, Most of his time has been spent with CGA and the Calvary Global Network and doing work there. But for quite a few years, we have been talking about God sending you out of here, right? Because we believe that this is a place for people to get equipped, trained up, experienced to go out and take uh, the gospel into the farthest parts of the world, if that's where the Lord should lead. So uh, for George and his family, God's opened a door for you to go to Georgia but not the Georgia that we might think.
7: The commute's a little worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The commute's a little so worse. Tell so
0: tell us about what's happening.
7: <laughs> All right, so we're talking about uh, Georgia just south of Russia, just north of uh, Turkey and Armenia and Azerbaijan, uh, other side of the world. Um, and this has been, a, um, like Brian said, we've been talking about sending and praying through what God's will is for us and what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, it's been a long season of just trying to discern, uh, knowing like God's, God's kind of stirring us up. We feel this, you know, I, I wouldn't just label it a, a broad discontentment because we've loved our time here. But it's just been this weird kind of like, yeah, I think it's, it's feeling like it's time for us to go. Um, and yeah, it's been a wonderful time being here. We've done so much and, and gotten to know so many wonderful people. Um, but we're, we're about to hit the huge, huge reset button in just every way, because uh, Georgia has its own language, has its completely own culture. Um, so we're going there like immersively into a completely new place. But uh, Georgia is really strategically located in Eurasia. So it's like the, the far east side of Europe or the west side of Asia, or whatever. It's, it's, but it's right there kind of in this crossroads between Europe, between Russia, between the, uh, the Middle East, and the Bible college in Europe that's been in uh, Budapest for 20 years, 20 plus years, has just relocated to uh, Georgia because it's such a strategic location. And strategic is in, if you're gonna go and create a beachhead and start sending out Christians into the culture, you need to surround yourself with a culture that needs to hear the gospel. So every direction that you could travel from in Georgia is a place that needs to hear the gospel badly. Uh, And Georgia itself has um, a handful of unreached people groups. Uh, According to the Joshua Project, there's people groups there that are completely unreached by the gospel. And they speak their own language, and I've never even heard of them. So uh, it's a really, really fertile ground for the gospel to be going out. So my family and I will be going there and doing, uh, we'll be doing relational ministry, as in we'll live in the culture, we'll meet people, we'll make friendships, but then I'll also be teaching at the Bible College. And this Bible College in particular is uh, a place where you would go if you want to engage in missions. Um, There's no there's no way around it. I mean, th- this school is about equipping, raising up Christians, raising up disciples, and then sending them out into culture. Um, and so we want to go there and help just foster communities of Christ's love. We want to go there and foster communities where people learn who God is biblically, but then are activated in their faith to go and live it out among people that need to see it and hear it and receive the love of God. So, um, yeah, my, my family is, uh, there's, I've, I've got five kids. Um, we've been married for 20 years or so, so marriage is strong. Uh, my wife is really, really excited. Oh, there we are. We're all super, super excited to go. But what we could really use is your guys' prayer in just trying to, um, trying to wrap our heads around what we're actually doing. I don't even know what we're going to be doing on a day-to-day basis, but... Um, but we're really just trusting the Lord and stepping out, you know, kind of um, stabbing out in faith. But also, um, really engaging with what I am most deeply convicted and I feel most deeply called to do, and that's raising up and discipling and mentoring. And that's exactly what I'll be able to do at the Bible College. So,
0: so they're going to Tbilisi. Is the is the main city?
7: Now, I've in. heard it. I've heard it pronounced two ways. Okay. For Tbilisi by Westerners and Tbilisi by Georgians.
0: Okay, well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a Westerner, so I'm yeah, gonna stick with that. I don't know if
7: I'll lose <laughs> points either way.
0: <laughs> well, when you're there, you say it their way, when you're here, we'll say it our way. I think I'll probably say it my way
7: there too. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: and as George was saying, I mean, this is a, this is a very unique uh, country, really. It's got all these unique features about it. And um, it is a hub for people coming from places like Iran, Pakistan, Afghanistan. So it's, it's really an interesting place and, and uh, a mission field, to say the least. So, so a few of the guys, the pastors are here this morning, and they're going to come up right now. And we're going to pray for George, and I'd uh, yes. like you to pray for us together. I see uh, a couple board members out there in the congregation, too, if you guys want to come up and join in. Why don't you do that, Dave and Ben and um, yep, you too, Brian. I see Brian there yeah, we got well, we got a whole bunch of guys here this morning, so we're going to pray for them and their family and um there's there's a card uh, prayer card with all the information on it, and George is going to be in the the kiosk after the service, so if you want to chat with him or at least pick up the card to. Stick on your refrigerator so you can be praying for them uh, each and every morning. That will be great. So, guys, let's uh, put a hand on this fella here. And, Father, we thank you for George. We thank you for the many years of service here and the blessing that he's been in a variety of ways to so many different people. And, Lord, we thank you that you have opened this door because uh, we know that his heart has been to to launch out, so we pray for him. We pray for the family, Lord. We pray for the journey ahead. You know the packing and the shipping and the traveling and the settling and all of that. Uh, we pray that you would go before them with that. And Lord, we also pray that as they settle in that they uh, would begin to settle in as a family, that you would bring them great, encouraging relationships. We pray that as George uh, fits into the team there and begins to minister at the school, that you would bless that. And Lord, we pray ultimately for much fruit in their lives and through their lives. And so we commit them to you. We send them out in the name of Jesus, and in the power of the Holy Spirit for your glory. Amen. Amen. All right. Okay. All right. And and one, we wanted to do one special thing this morning, too. We wanted to um, receive an offering for George and the family. So if you would like to contribute beyond what you're normally doing, uh, we're going to have the—during this song— as Allison leads, we're going to have the, um, the the baskets, the bags passed around. Somebody said to me today, I think it was Tina, she said, oh, are we going to start doing that again? I really wish we would. <laughs> and so um, we're going to just go ahead and, and pass the bag around. And If you want to give something, this will all go straight directly to George and the family for the mission, okay? So, Father, we thank you for... Uh, Today, we thank you for the the great stories that we've heard. And as we uh, go forth from here, Lord, may we carry with us the the hope and the love of Jesus. And Lord, may you use us in 2022. Lord, may we tell our story and may others be blessed and drawn in through it. In Jesus' name, Mm -hmm. amen.